0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to come hang out with us on October 26th at Keith Middle School for a night of worship. Our worship team will be releasing their first EP entitled Fearless, and we'd love for you to join us for an experience like never before. Doors open at 7.30 p.m. We'll see you there. So I want to talk to you today about praying for a breakthrough. I believe that you are in a cusp of a breakthrough And we all need breakthrough in different ways. Like I said, I believe in breakthrough over family situations, breakthrough over addictions, breakthrough over poverty, breakthrough over your career. I don't know what you're praying for, what you're believing for. We just saw someone get a breakthrough. She's going to get a car this weekend. Listen, God cares about you getting a car. I know, I know some people think that's not spiritual enough. I believe God cares about everything in your life, including a car, including a house, including getting married. I believe God cares about everything in your life. And so we're going to believe God for more, amen? So I want to, I want to, I want to give us a template here to pray for a breakthrough, and we're going to see it through the eyes of a man in the Bible called Daniel. Daniel was an incredible man of God who lived in a very difficult time period. I hope you understand when you're reading the Bible, you're not reading you know, people in heaven already. You're reading the people who lived on this earth who've gone through some stuff, but in the middle of their stuff, they were able to find God when they see God with their whole heart. I believe that no matter what you're going through, doesn't matter what's going on in society, God is still real, he's still on the throne, he's still faithful, and he's still in the business of making a way where there seems to be no way. So if you have your Bibles today, I'm going to be in Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to walk us through how Daniel prayed for a breakthrough in a very difficult time. In, the, in that that he lived in, and I want to give you a little background before we get into it, so you can get a better understanding of what's happening here. Daniel was a was a man who lived during what we call the captivity of Israel. See, the Bible tells us that God chose this group of people called the Israelites and he said through you I'm going to show the world who I am and through you is going to come the Messiah Jesus and, 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 and Daniel lived in a time though where Israel had rebelled against God. Israel had done the things that God said not to do like worship other, other gods, uh, intermingle with other people that weren't pure, that weren't righteous and they began to lose their way and God says because you did all those things I'm taking my hands off of you we don't want God to take our hands off of us. But he said, sometimes I have to do that for you to realize how far you drifted. And he said, because of this, you're going to be drifting for 70 years out away from your home, away from your nation, away from your people, and you're going to go into captivity. Basically, they became, they became slaves to this nation called Babylon. And, if, and to, just to give you some reference, Babylon is where modern-day Iraq is today. So they were away from the nation, away from their home. Daniel basically grew up in this nation. But Daniel never lost sight of God away from his home. You see, it's important to understand this, that it doesn't matter where you are. It's where your heart is. Daniel is away from home, basically a refugee. Or, or if you want to put it this way, basically an immigrant. But more a refugee because an immigrant is by choice. A refugee is by force. So he's away from his house, away from his home, away from his surroundings, away from his temple, away from God. But guess what? God is never far away from you if you're still seeking him. And so Daniel believed that, that there's breakthrough coming, not just for him, but for his nation. See, there's something powerful. I hope you catch this, like I said earlier, that Christianity is a way of life. It's not charity. It's, it's, it's how we live our lives. You see, I love Daniel because... He wasn't just concerned for himself. He was concerned for his nation. He was saying, God, I read your promises. We're supposed to be your people. And 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 I'm not going to be satisfied with being away from your will. But I'm not just interceding for myself. I'm interceding for my nation. This morning, I really felt this urgency. and I want to share with you, we need to pray for our nation. We need to intercede for our nation. Elections are coming. Listen, we don't believe that the government is going to fix this nation. We believe that God needs to intervene over this nation. It's the only way we're going to see breakthrough. And we need breakthrough in our nation, people. You know, I don't want to get political, but we need breakthrough. Laws won't change people's hearts. Only the spirit of God can change people's hearts. The only hope for us is revival. We need revival. We don't need more legislation. We need revival in our heart and minds for people to know there's a God and there's a right way to live life. And so Daniel, I I tell you that because Daniel was, was, was in the political realm. He was able to affect the nation of Babylon by being a man of God. Daniel was a refugee, but he's so faithful to God. He kept being promoted to the point that he became an advisor to the king in the palace away from home. I tell you all this to encourage you. A lot of times we put, we put restrictions on what God can do with us because we're immigrants or because we come from the wrong neighborhood. It doesn't matter to God. If you're faithful to him, he will find a way to bless your life, to promote you, to make a way for you. Don't forget Jesus himself had to be a refugee. He went to Egypt for a minute because of persecution, and he had to come back. So I pray we don't allow these things in our society to be a stumbling block. I pray we allow him to be an opportunity for God to elevate us, an opportunity for God to bless us, an opportunity for God to show us that he is not respecter of what's going on in the physical. God is doing something else in the spirit. Can you say amen? So here's a man in the situation. He's able to come to the palace, and he's gone through some stuff. Maybe go home and read this whole thing. Because Monday Sunday morning, we only have a small amount of time together. But listen, I hope you go home and read the whole book of Daniel. Powerful. See yourself in Daniel. Because that's the right way to read the Bible. you got to put yourself in the situations and say, God, you're the same God who wants to do the same things that you've done in the past. Amen? And so, and so how do we pray for a breakthrough? Look, Daniel gave us a template how to do this. And I'm in Daniel chapter 9. And I'm going to begin with verse 2. And I'm going to go verse by verse today. I'm going to go old school Bible study here. For you guys who have been to church long enough. But during the first year of his reign. He's talking about the reign of Darius the king. Who again was not a believer. I Daniel. Learned from reading. The word of the Lord. As revealed to Jeremiah the prophet. That Jerusalem. That Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. Listen, context here. If you're going to have a breakthrough, the first thing that needs to happen is that you need to hear from God first. If you're going to have a breakthrough, you need to know what God already said. Did you notice what he said? He said, I learn by what? By reading the word. It said, I learned what God was already had said. If you don't know what God has already said, how are you going to know how to pray about the situation that you're in? It's critical that I come from the perspective of God because a lot of times we don't get breakthrough because we pray our feelings instead of praying the word of God. We pray our emotions instead of praying the word of God. See, sometimes our prayers are more complaining than actually declaring. I hope you catch this, church, that, that, that praying is not complaining. And praying is not stating the obvious. Okay? Praying is declaring what it should be and what it ought to be. Right? And that's why I said in a moment ago when we were singing, it's not just a song. I hope you understand. You're prophesying. If you're waiting to feel like something is breaking, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. It's about prophesying what you believe is supposed to happen because God is faithful to honor his word. And so Daniel says, I need to know what God says. And he told you what he was reading. He was reading the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet that lived during this this terrible season and he told the people of God, listen, you better get it right because God is going to take his hands off of you if you keep living the way you're living. And, And Jeremiah... Basically, he was prophesying for over 30 years to the people of God. To the point that he got discouraged and said, God, they're not listening to me. He said, I'd rather die than to be here. And in the same sentence, as he says that, the Spirit of God comes on him and says, but yeah, but I can't deny your word. He says, your word is shut up in my bones. I can't deny it. Listen, you have to understand, faithfulness in God's sight is not what you see. Faithfulness is doing exactly what God has called you to do. And let him deal with the situations and circumstances and deal with the outcome. So Daniel says, I need to start here, Lord, because I, I, I read your word. And you said in Jeremiah 29, verse 10, not 11, verse 10. He said this. He said, yeah, you guys are going to go through the spirit of 70 years. But then verse 11, he says, but I do know the plans I have for you, plans to, to prosper you, to give you hope in the future. That's why it's important to always read the Bible in full context. See, we love Eli 11 but we don't read 10 and we stop at 10, but we don't read 12 and 12 says now, now wherever you find yourself, start doing the things I asked you to do. If you're going to see this breakthrough coming your way, it's not waiting, doing nothing It's doing the things I told you to do already. If you're going to get a breakthrough, we need to stop reading the Bible out of context. We need to read the Bible in context. Here's a man saying, oh, Lord, I read it. I know what it says, and I know that 70-period time is coming. Breakthrough is coming. And I don't know where your captivity is. I don't know what you've been through, but I'm here to declare this morning that breakthrough is coming and is here in Jesus' name. But you got to know the word. It's important to know what God has already said, church. And and you're not going to get it just on Sunday mornings. Just like you wouldn't survive if you ate once a week, you won't. Matter of fact, you would hurt yourself if you ate once a week. It would mess up your system if you only ate once a week. That's why diets don't work. I'm sorry. If you're, under- <laughs> if you're on a diet right now, I'm sorry. They don't. They don't work. It's an illusion. You need consistency. uh, I'm going to be your nutritionist this morning too. But listen, it's a consistency of the Word of God that will produce the results you want to see. If you want to see a breakthrough, learn to know what God has already said. If you don't know what God has already said, you're going to pray confusing prayers. And you might even contradict what God says. If you don't know what He's already said. We need to be the people of God in this generation who knows what God has already said. It, it, it's not good for the God people to not know what God says. That's weird. Right? Like it's, it, it's not good for us to know more stats about the Patriots than we know the scriptures of God. Like It's not good. It's not healthy. That's, that's never going to get a breakthrough. You, know, you might win a fantasy game, but you ain't going to win the game of life. And I love fantasy football. I'm on two different teams. okay. And I, and I find myself contradicting myself because I have two different players playing a different... No, you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, but I, but I, I need to know the word. What does the word say? 40 days of prayer. I hope that, that it's, 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 it's... It's I'm praying the word praying the word. That's why we're giving you this. This is just a little to wet your beak, to wet your appetite to say, Lord, I need more of you in my life. No, no, let's like, yes, every day you eat three times a day. You know, Daniel used to pray three times a day because he knew I need physical uh, food, but I also need spiritual nourishment. I can't go without physical, without the spiritual because they affect each other. We need to understand that a lot of times the reason why we're not seeing breakthrough is because we're not eating enough. Go ahead and go on a, on a diet. Don't eat cake, but make sure you're eating God's word. Because Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to be people who know what God has already said. And if you don't like to read, you don't like breakthrough. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Because here's the reality, church. Here's the reality. Everybody wants to break through. Nobody wants to break to get to through the other side. Everybody wants the final product. Nobody wants to go through the process. Anybody want to get married, but no one wants to be pure. Everybody wants financial blessings, but no one wants to tithe. Come on. There's got to be a process to what we want to see in our lives. It's not just going to fall on our lap. There's got to be a discipline that comes with breakthrough. The discipline of being in the word of God every day. And knowing what he says, so I know I'm, I'm praying, aligning with what God has already said. And if I pray what He's already said, then then He cannot deny Himself. Jesus puts it this way. Jesus says this in John. He says this about praying for breakthrough. Look, if you remain in Me and My what, wo- My words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. My goodness. That's a promise. He said, remain in me in my words. My words. I'm amazed at these words. They're alive. They, they challenge me. They convict me. They correct me sometimes. It rebukes me sometimes. But he heals me too. And he strengthens me. And it inspires me. And he molds me. And he shapes me. And I can read the same verse over and over again and get more out of it. I'm Cape Verdean. I never get tired of rice. When was the last time you heard a Cape says, "I'm I'm done with rice? 40 years old. I'm still like, I had rice last night. And I loved it. So don't tell me you get bored with the word of God. Maybe you're doing it wrong. You ought to go in there and start reading the word for what it is. When was the last time a Spanish person was like, No more, no more, abuelo? No, no, no. no." Right? Gotta get in the Word, people. We gotta get in the Word. Do me a favor and get in the Word for the sake of your life and your family's life. Get in the Word. Take a moment every day and say, I need to eat. I need to eat. It's not that we don't have time. We make time for what's important to us. Today at 1 o'clock, millions will make time. Oh, y'all don't know what's going to happen at 1 o'clock? Don't front like you don't know what's going to happen. We're going to win another game. That's what's going to happen. So it's not about, you know, people say... I have a hard time reading the Bible. Well, keep reading. I have a hard time trying to lose weight. But you stop trying. I have a hard time raising five kids. But I don't throw my hands up and say it is what it is. No, I get in there tomorrow and we try again. I have a hard time with my wife because I'm amazing. She's not here. That's why I'm saying that. But you keep working on it. You know, let's not make excuses. Let's get into the word. If, we want, if we're serious about breakthrough, then it starts with the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 3, watch this. Look. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore a rough burlap, which is another word for sackcloth, and sprinkled myself with ashes. How serious are you about breakthrough? Because he said, I started by studying your word, right? But then I said, I need to zero in on you, God. I need to focus on you. This is where the seeking part comes into play. I need to know, God, that... I am seeking you with my entire being. We have to be honest. We know when we're seeking God with our entire being. And we know when we're just going through the motions. We know when our hands are raised, but our hearts are far. It's not about your hands being raised, it's about your heart pursuing God to the fullest. That's why people all over this nation today will go to a building called church, but half of them will live exactly the same way. Because all it was, it was a ritual. Daniel says, no, 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 I need you to know how serious I am. I'm going to turn my attention to you, Lord. I'm going to focus on you because I know if I Focus on you. If I zero in on you, then I'm going to see you. Let me give you an example. Proverbs says this. So I turn... Listen, sorry. I love all who love me. Those who search me will surely find me. There's no doubt that God loves us. The question is, do we love him like he loves us? With the same passion. With the same focus. If you were the only person on this planet... God will love you just like Tom Hanks' loved Wilson. Just like that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to watch good movies, people. Castaway. Go home tonight, date night, we're watching Castaway. Probably not a good movie for date night. Uh, (laughs) More like, let's see if he really the one. Let's see how he reacts to this movie. No, I'm just joking cast away. Great movie. But listen. Would you like God to reward you? Then seek him. Hebrews 11:6 says that without faith it's impossible to please God, because those who come after him must believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly means like I am coming after you, God. This is not one of those passive you know, if it is God's will, how I many you know that prayer never gets answered? Because you don't want it bad enough. Who says that when you want to break through? Well, if it is God's will, then maybe I'll not be an addict for the rest of my life. If it is God's will, maybe, you know, one day I'll have a house. If it is God's will, you know, one day maybe I'll have a husband. If it is God's will, maybe... I mean, you know, that prayer is half-hearted. Because when you want something bad enough, you act like my keys act. My kids will, will nag me, will bug me, will push it, will scream, will shout. They'll do whatever it takes because they know if I stay on this long enough, I'm going to break that down and he's going to do what I'm asking him to do. Some of y'all are too proud to beg. No wonder you broke. Some of y'all are too dignified. No wonder you're single. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me today. Some of y'all are too cool. No wonder. No wonder you're empty. Some of y'all are too worried about people's opinion of you. I can't be going and seeking God the way. I'm not that church guy. Good. Guess what? You're never going to see breakthrough. As long as you're the cool guy, you got it, you're in control, you got your thing, you're never going to see the fullness of God's will. Because God will humble you and then to lift you up. That's what he does. You know? I want to be a church full of undignified people. People who are not too cool for school. People who are like, man, I'll get ugly in God's face. I'll lose my dignity. I'll lose my makeup if I have to. If he's going to give me my breakthrough, I'll lose it. I'll take off my shoes and I'll seek God the way I need to seek him because I refuse to just go through the motions and look good, look spiritual, and be empty on the inside. How bad do we want this thing? How bad do we want it? As a youth pastor, tell kids, how bad do you want this? Because some of y'all will say, I didn't come because I didn't get a ride. But if you want to go to the mall, you would call 20, 30, 40, 50 people until you get this ride. So how bad do you want the will of God in your life? Telling you, we have to be careful not to enable people in their dysfunction. Sometimes we're getting the way of God because we're trying too hard to roll out the red carpet for people. No wonder they don't seek God, because everything is laid out for them. Parents, be careful that you don't teach your kids how to be dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. Every time they fall, oh, but, but what's the matter? What happened? You go, can you do what you want What's the matter? <laughs> and he can't handle adversity in his life because every time he falls down, he's crawling. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad I have in parents. We say, you better get up. I'm glad God is converting you. You better get up. Oh, you don't believe me. Go read your Bible. A crippled man, 38 years crippled. Jesus asked him one of the dumbest questions you've ever heard in your life. 38 years crippled. Jesus said, do you want to get well? That's a dumb question. How is Jesus not? No. You don't know, ask that question to someone who's been disabled for 38. How insensitive. That's the most politically correct thing you can do. They would kill Jesus on Twitter today. Oh, the, hell, the, the the crazy left will come out. Can you believe this preacher man? Asking a disabled man, do you want to get well? That man should be on welfare. Don't you understand? That's the most powerful question you could ask them. Because he's saying, are you good with where you are? Because if I heal you, you're going to have to work. If I heal you, no one is going to come and take care of you anymore. How bad do we want this thing? And then he follow up. I thought you would stop there. And then he said, well, get up, pick up your mat. Jesus is like, I'm not going to empower your dysfunction. I'll heal you, but you better get up that mat and show the power of God in your life. Some of us are crying over our mat. The mat's supposed to be your testimony. To pick it up and walk with it and say, look what the Lord has done in my life. Breakthrough is coming breakthrough is here there's no time to be a victim get up pick up your back and walk my god i feel like preaching in this place my god understand this when you don't invite him in he backs off When you don't ask him, he'll say, okay, then you figure it out on your own. I'll be here, though. When people say, well, if that was God's will, no, no. I don't believe everything is God's will. I think sometimes God allows it. God will allow it. He'll say, I'll back off until you understand that you can't do this without me. Yeah, go ahead and try to get a house without me. Go ahead and work 80 hours a week. Go ahead and neglect Bible study, neglect prayer, neglect worship. And yeah, you, you can get the house, but it's gonna come with the price. You're gonna may lose your soul in the process of getting this thing, thing that you want. I want God's blessings! What are you hoping for? Have you asked God for it? Or are you doing it on your own? Hashtag on my grind. Why is our society empty? Because we think we got this. He goes on. My goodness, look. I prayed and I fasted. I also wore rough burlap sackcloth, put ashes on me. That's a cultural thing to show I'm serious, I'm broken, I'm hurting. Lord, and I refuse to stay here. But I want to show you, Lord, how serious I am. I'm not going to live this life like this anymore. I'm tired of being an addict. I'm tired of letting people walk all over me. I'm tired of feeling bad for myself, Lord. I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast. But you're going to come in and break through and I'm not going to stay the same because I refuse to stay the same. Yeah. The serious we are. How serious? It's number three, express your desires with emotion. It's amazing to me. Today, there will be stadiums full of people expressing emotions to a football team. Then we come to church, we look like we're dead. That always blows my mind. And I love sports. Sports is my religion. But Jesus is my Savior. And then we come to church, we're like, nah, it's too loud. No one goes to a football game and goes, this is too loud. Football game is about three hours long. We come to church, we can't wait to leave. Then we want breakthrough. We'll stay. We'll do the after hour. Listen, I've been to Patriots games, and I don't want to go anymore. You know why? Because the friends I go with, they want to do it a full day thing, and I'm like, I'm not that into it. Y'all, they go early. They set up shop. There's barbecuing. There's TV in the parking lot. They got board games, man. It's like a full day event. One time we would go into a night game. We, night game starts at 8.30. We showed up at noon. And i didn't get home till 2 in the morning. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm not that into it. I like to be able to go to the bathroom. whenever I want. I like to be able to drink water without paying ten dollars another time I'll never forget I had a conversation with a guy I met at the stadium watching the game all of a sudden it turned into church we're going back and forth I just met the guy we're going back and forth and we you know eventually people will always come to this point yeah but what about the money thing in church And it just happened to be on a good day that the Holy Spirit gave me an amazing illustration. In the on the spot, I said, "Wait a minute! I've seen you take about five or six trips back and forth with these big things of beer. Each one is about fifteen dollars each. So about six trips times fifteen. I'm not good at math, but that's about seventy-something dollars you just spent on beer. That's you." Times thousands of people all around this stadium who not just bought a ticket to come, they bought parking, they bought beer, they bought nuggets who really are terrible. All of that to watch these people that you never met in your life before and never will. And here you are, a grown man, you wearing someone's jersey with their name on their back. And you're telling me about money in the church? This is your church. You're tithing to the patriots. You're raising their salary. You're making sure their bills are getting paid. We're trying to help people and bless people and heal people. You're telling me. Oh. Oh. Don't get me going. All of us tied. All of us are tithing somewhere. I'd rather tithe in God's house and bless people. All of us. So next time someone tells you about money, just ask them what they love to do for fun. Because that's where their tithe is. question is, is, how bad do we want? And you know what he said to me? Maybe he was a little tipsy at that point because he had to take him to buy five chips. He goes, yo, I never thought of like that. By the time we're done with that day, you know what it says? I need to come to church with you. You can't see God with all your heart with no passion. Aren't we skeptic of fans who don't show passion? We call them bandwagon fans. People gave me a hard time about being a Warriors fan. I'm like, if you really know me, some people don't know me, they know I've been a fan since they were winning anything. Since I was like 12 years old, I fell in love with this team. I don't know why. I know why, but it's a long story. I'm not going to get into that. But you got to come to God with your passion. Why do we raise our hand? Why do we sing out loud? It's our passion. It's not performance. It's who we are. And if we do that for the Patriots and the Red Sox and all the stuff, we're empty. How much more for the living God? How much more? My friends, let me give you another translation of the same verse. Verse 3, watch this. I turn to the master God. No, no, this one, yeah. you're You're messing me up. This one, stay there. I turned to the Master God, asking for an answer, praying earnestly, fasting for meals, wearing rough penitential burlap, which is sackcloth, and kneeling in the ashes. I poured out my heart, bearing my soul to God. My God, when was the last time you buried your soul to God? When was the last time you stopped and said, "I'm not leaving here until you bless me. I'm not leaving here until I see your will in my life." Never be afraid to tell God how you really feel. Because if it's a real relationship, he can handle anything. I'd rather you tell me how you really feel than to pretend. Because those those are the worst people, aren't they? Praise the Lord, Pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just buying time until I criticize you. Until I backstab you. Oh, no, we're not going to go there. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. He goes on, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Oh Lord, you are great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant. And keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands understand what he does here he says I I want to thank you for your promises you're faithful you have to establish in your spirit that no matter what's happening to you God is faithful and God is good and that he never fails you always, That's got to be the baseline of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot let my circumstances determine my faith. Because circumstances are fickle. But God is faithful in every circumstance. Even people are fickle. But God is faithful. So he's thanking God for his promises. With an attitude of gratitude. Because there's no entitlement in the kingdom of God. Don't deserve anything. If we did, we would not get grace. But because of his mercy and his mercy and compassion, I can trust him because he's always faithful. And he goes on, verse 5 and 6. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you, scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets. Who spoke on your authority to your kings, to our kings and princes, and ancestors, and to all the people of the land? I'm going to skip to verse nine. But we, but the Lord is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. See, this is where, my friends, if you want breakthrough, you got to humbly confess your sins. I want to say it again: God does not listen to prideful complaining. Our society has decided to make up our own morality. Morality now is customized. It's what I think is right. It's my truth. So what's happening is this. We're clashing against God's truth. When we decide I'm going to make up my own morality. God says, I want to bless you. I want to honor you. I created marriage for your good. I want to protect you. I want to bless you. What do we say? No. I'm in love. I'll do whatever I want. Who are you to tell me what to do with my body? No, I can't. But do you want God's blessing on your life? Because God's not going to budge from his rules and regulations and principles. It's up to you to yield yourself to his will and to his purpose. By the way, God is not, is not going to get more blessed than he's already blessed. He's trying to bless you. He's trying to make sure that you're going to be in a blessed relationship, protected, holy, sanctified, and that you have a better chance doing it his way. I want to make money. I want to make money. He's like, yeah, I want you to make money. Learn to put me first. you kidding me? You want me to give 10%? He's like, I gave you 100. I gave you 100. I just want to see you... Can you be faithful back? Yeah, so I need to repent from trying to do things my way. Because he hasn't got me nowhere. This is what he's saying. He said, Man, we we try to do it our way. It didn't work. Here we are. Yep. Captives. You don't think captivity is real? We're in this room, but some of y'all are captive right now. You're captive to an addiction? You're captive to lust. You're captive to a poverty mindset. You're captive to suicidal thoughts. All because we decided, I'll do it my way. If you want breakthrough, you got to repent. God's not going to bless what He's already said, I don't agree with. This is what He's doing. He's saying, Oh, we need to align ourselves with you, Lord. There's two ways to live life, my way or God's way. That's a choice. That's the free will that he's given us. I can keep insisting on my way, or I can yield myself to his way. In every area of my life, not some areas. Because he's not looking for part-time followers. He says, I need to repent. We as a nation need to repent. And I, that's what I pray this morning, Lord. I'm praying for our nation. Help us to repent. I'm praying for our president. I don't care how you feel about the president. He is the president. I need to pray for God's authority over him, wisdom and grace and mercy. (laughs) Listen, we made up our own morality. That's the greatest challenge of our day. We've decided what's true. We decided what righteousness looks like. We decided what purity looks like. We've decided on our own... And we've neglected what he's already said. That's the confusing thing that's happening in our minds. That's why we fight over religion. That's why we have fights over Bible, because we decided, no, this is what I think. But when you yield to God, God, what do you say? What do you say? I was 20 years old when he got he got a hold of me. I said, God, whatever you say, whatever you say, this is what I want. I want your will. I'm 40 years old now, I'm still saying that. God, whatever you say. Because I know sometimes my feelings contradict your word. I want my feelings to be under the authority of your word. I want my thoughts to be under the authority of your word. I want my opinions to be under the authority of your word. You know why I'm not on Facebook right now? Because I don't want to get into stupid arguments and lose my focus on what really matters. That's why I said I, I need to get out. I'll come back. When I feel I'm in a better space, but I need to detox my heart, because I don't need to try to prove myself. I'm already approved, so I need to live from an approval mindset as opposed to try to prove myself. By the way, to people who don't matter, I'm telling I'm preaching today. Prayer is not based on how good you are. It's how good God is. It's how good God is. But if I don't know what he says already, then I'm going to be conflicted. Because my feelings, my emotions, my society, my friends, my professor in college, who is miserable, by the way, is trying to tell you there's no God. But it's like, Here's the thing. Here's here's how I feel. I'm talking to college students now for a second, or even high school students. Here's how I feel. If we're wrong about this, if we're wrong about this, I believe we we live a much better life than that professor who is miserable and, and angry at life and angry at the world. I'd rather be wrong about this and help people and be a blessing to people and to just say I knew everything. I didn't do jack to help anybody because I was too good for anybody to help anybody because I was too intellectual to know anything. <laughs> Stephen Hawking's book just came out. You know, the great physicist, great mind and his, and his resolution is there's no God. But the interesting thing is the guy's in a wheelchair, can't speak, can't talk. You're telling me there's no God? There's an irony there. There's a little physical irony there. They here you are, nothing, telling me there's no God. That's your conclusion. No, no, no. I'm going to know him. That's your opinion, but I'm standing on God's word. I'm standing what he says. And look, God's response, my friends. Look at the response. It's powerful. It's beautiful. I'm going to conclude by jumping down to verse 20 of the same chapter. Look at this. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord, my God, for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I, pr- As I was praying, Gabriel, who I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me. At the time of the evening sacrifice, he explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. God will respond to when you pray to him. Notice how he started, he said, I kept praying. Which tells you he didn't pray once or twice. He kept praying. And he kept believing. He kept pushing for breakthrough. And God said, I heard your cries. You're special to me. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. You've been praying. I believe God says, I heard you cry. And watch what I'm about to do. Deliverance is coming. Breakthrough is coming, healing is coming, change is coming, blessing is coming, God's will is coming. He's faithful to keep his word. Would you stand with me as we pray? Where do you need a breakthrough this morning? Maybe you have been praying, but today I say embrace God's model through Daniel, how to get this breakthrough that you want. I want to recap for you right now. He said, first, learn to hear from God first. Spend time in his word. Remember that he is God. God, I really need you to do this. Bring your right emotions to him. I'm serious enough. Some of you, Jesus said this, some breakthrough will only come through prayer and fasting. You want it bad enough? Begin to fast. Say, God, I'm going to go without physical food because I need the spiritual nourishment. I don't want to keep going. See, some of us, we've been doing this for a very long time. Same old, same old. It's time for a breakthrough, people. It's time for a change. A young man from the church told me this week, and I was so blessed by this. 21 years old. He said to me, you know, I know all week we pray, but it's like I only get one week, one Sunday to go to the altar. He said, I never want to miss a moment with God at the altar. I'm like, you're 21, you just got baptized, you just got into this, you get it, you get it, you get it. Seek God. Because I tell you, some of us, you know what our battle is? Familiarity. We punch in, we punch out. And we keep doing the same things. You got to break that routine to get a breakthrough. I invite you today, Don't leave church in a hurry. Where are we going? We should be running to God. Say, God, I'm not leaving until you give me my breakthrough. So as we sing this again, as we prophesy again, I'm going to tell you right now, you should run to the altar. Let's push for a breakthrough. If If you're serious enough, God will make a way. If you're hungry enough, God will feed you. If you don't want to keep going, doing the same old stuff, then come. Let's see God together. Let's believe for a breakthrough. Come on. Something is shifting. Come on. Thanks for joining us today. Come sit in line with us during our weekend services at 930 and 1130 a.m. For more info about our church, visit newlifesouthcoast.com.